Blog Talk Radio. Join us tonight here at Walls of Fire. We're so glad to 
have you with us on tonight. For those of you that are tuned in and those of you that are tuning in, we are excited about tonight's program. I um, want to give you a little bit of background information, how to get in touch with us if you'd like to. If you have a prayer request, you can call us at 336 830 or if you um, just want to email us, you can do so at jet245 at msn.com. Also, um, you can find us on the Internet at www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. And um, if you are led by the Holy Spirit to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so through PayPal or through Zelle using our email address, jet245 at msn.com. I'd like to invite you also to join us Monday through Saturday at 12 noon for what we call the Sweet Hour of Prayer. We're a group of prayer warriors. We gather together and we pray. We pray for one another. We pray for our nation. We pray for friends and family. We pray for total strangers. We pray for people we don't even know, probably we We'll never meet, but we will pray for you. So we invite you to join us, and um, you can also submit your prayer request on um, our website at www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. So we just want you to uh, get those prayer requests into us. If you need deliverance, give us a call at 336-830-0601. Only people that are serious about deliverance need call because we will not entertain foolishness, all right? And, again, join us for the Sweet Hour of Prayer Monday through Saturday at 12 noon and on Sunday night. At 8 p.m., this is Eastern Standard Time, so you will have to adjust your time um, to correspond with our time. The phone number is 425-436-6333-716-5050, followed by the pound sign is the access code. So, again, that's 425-436-6333. And the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. So we um, have a message to you from the Lord tonight. And um, I I just kind of want to just break into this message um, just gradually because I have a a, a lot of scripture that I'm going to go through tonight. And um, the the subject, does God know you? Now, um, God dropped this in my spirit um, based on the scripture that I'm about to read. But also, it is because, you know, in this day and time, people who are living such ungodly lives are professing to know God. And I am, like, amazed and in shock 
at some of the things that I see people doing, but yet they say they know God and that they're, you know, one of his children. So um, my takeaway on this was that many people uh, can claim that they know God, sinners and saints alike, but there is a huge difference between knowing God and knowing about God. Um, Those who know God, um, there are some characteristics you will see in those individuals' lives. First of all, they will have a reverential of God because they understand that God is holy. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 9 and 10 that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So let me read the scripture, and then we'll get down into this message. Our scripture tonight comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. All right. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day. Now, this is the Lord Jesus speaking. I did not, uh, I am not quoting the Apostle Paul or Isaiah the prophet or some of the others. This is Jesus talking. And he said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, enter into the kingdom of heaven. He is clearly making this distinction as to who will and who will not. And he says, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And there either, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And I want to read the last verse. Um, or the last A part. It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Glory be to God in the highest. So the question tonight is, does God know you? Because many people are saying that they know God. And Jesus clearly uh, established here that not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to make it in. He's saying um, only those who do the will of his Father, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, only those who have been made righteous in the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Only those who are walking upright before him, glory be to God, who have surrendered their will to the will of the Father. Only those who have picked up their cross, denied themselves, and are are followers of Jesus Christ. 
those are the ones who will make it into heaven. He said, anybody can say, I know the Lord. It's kind of like uh, saying, you know, I know Michael Jordan or I, I know LeBron James, but you can say that you know these people, but the question is not do you know them, it's does, do they know you? Does LeBron James know you? If, if you are going around saying, I know LeBron James, oh, yeah, I know him. I went to school with him. Uh, my cousin, she ate, uh, used to live next door to him or something to that nature. And then LeBron James walks into the room. Is he going to say hi to you? Does he know you? So that's what matters. Is Michael Jordan going to say, oh, yeah, I remember her? Oh, yes, I, I remember him. Are they going to know you? So um, anyone can say they know God. But the real question is, does God know you? And if God knows you, then you have, uh, uh, like I said, been washed in the blood of the Lamb because you repented of your sins. And um, your your sins have been forgiven, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, in Matthew um, chapter four, when Jesus um, was uh, went into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, um, each time the enemy tempted him. Jesus responded with the word of God, and he said, it is written. So my question is, when you um, leave this earth and you appear before the Lord, is your name going to be written in the Lamb's book of life? Or, or, or It doesn't matter what a preacher says about you at your funeral. It doesn't matter or what your friends get up and say about you. I mean, because people try to pe- preach people into heaven all the time. But that doesn't matter. What matters is, is the Lord going to say, it is written. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you stand before the Lord and you say, Lord, uh, it, it, it's me. I, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. Let me Let me just... Stop right there. That is a clear indication that God does not know you. If you have to remind God of who you are and what you've done, that, that, that's a sign. That's a sign that uh, that your relationship with him is a little shaky. Um, if The question is not whether you know the Lord, but does the Lord know you? Glory be to God in the highest. John the Baptist said of him, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's in John 1 and 29. And Jesus said some things about John. He said that there was uh, not a finer Christian. And uh, uh, he said that they were not even worthy. They were not even worthy. Uh, 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 the world was not worthy of John. So Obviously, not only was John Jesus' first cousin, so he knew him by natural birth, but he also knew John by the Spirit. Glory be to God in the highest. 
And so um, I, I just want to provoke you to think tonight. I want you to get out of the mindset that you know God, but get into the mindset or just ask yourself the question, does God know me? Glory be to God in the highest. You know, um, a lot of people who say they know God, I'm finding out when you look at their life, they only know about him. They know certain things about him. But um, I, 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 you know, you're not going to be able to get in heaven by knowing things about Jesus. You're going to have to know him, and he's going to have to know you. Glory be to God. Now, in um, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20, I want to look at that. He says, um, first of all, I'm going to go back to the 19th verse. He says, uh, actually, let me go back to the 17th verse. It says, even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Glory be to God. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And then Jesus makes this phenomenal, uh, 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 um, jarring statement. He says, by their fruits ye shall know them. So it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what your friends say about you because it amazes me that every time I go to a funeral, I never hear anybody saying, oh, uh, John went to hell. I, I, I never hear anybody saying, uh, John, he uh, he didn't live right. And John was a, you know, a cussing, smoking, womanizer, and he beat his wife. I never hear anybody saying those types of things, even though that may have been John's uh, character, but at funerals, they don't mention those types of things. They say, John would give you the shirt off his back, and he had such a lovely smile. Do you know I heard a pastor say at a funeral, I cringed, he said that this deceased woman, he knew that she went to heaven, and he said she, because of she had a beautiful smile, and she did have a beautiful smile. I used to love to see this woman smile, but that is not a qualification to get into heaven. And I couldn't believe that this pastor was saying this, and, of course, the whole uh, uh, congregation at the funeral, they said, amen. And I don't know whether they were amening to the fact that she had a beautiful smile, but this pastor, he had put her in heaven because she had a beautiful smile. I, 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 I just couldn't believe it. I, I told my husband, I said, this is unbelievable. It is totally, un it is unbiblical. It is just unbiblical. And you would not believe what people agree with. And so, you know, he proclaimed that, that he knew that she was in heaven because of the beautiful smile that she had. And I said, Lord, help us. Glory be to God in the highest. When people start going to heaven based on their smile, then that means 
everybody that's got a raggedy mouth ain't going to make it in. Only those that been to a, a dentist and had $20,000 worth of work done on their teeth and uh, have pearly whites are going to make it into the kingdom of God. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. There are going to be some people in heaven that had the worst teeth here on earth, but I promise you they won't need a dentist when they get to heaven. Glory be to God. There are going to be some mothers and prayer warriors and grandmothers and deacons and aunts and uncles who couldn't afford a good dentistry here on earth, but glory be to God. They will not need it where they're going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am so glad that uh, that heaven is not based on anything on the earth. Glory be to God. It's only based on one thing. Did I accept? Did I accept uh, 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 the plan of salvation that God provided through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Was I washed in the blood of the lamb? Glory be to God in the highest. Were my sins forgiven? Did I confess my sins? Hallelujah. And repent of them. That's the only thing that's going to matter. And I do all of this. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior by faith because the just shall live by faith. Glory be to God. So that's the determining factor. That is the determining factor. And there are countless people who are running around saying that they know God, but their lives do not reflect the glory of God. In other words, they're still practicing sin. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, falling into uh, uh, temptation occasionally. I'm talking about willful sin. I'm talking about repeatedly living sinful lifestyles, just living in sin, hallelujah, and, and, and proclaim that they know the Lord. Now, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So when you willfully disobey God, there's no more repentance for that. There, there's no more repentance for that. Glory be to God. So. Um, Jesus said unto them in Matthew 7 and 20, by their fruits you shall know them. Now, just because I say that I am saved does not mean it's true. True Christians will bear fruit of righteousness. And we're going to take a look at that at this very moment. In Galatians, hallelujah, Chapter 5, Galatians gives us um, what, an outline, or uh, I'll say a picture, so to speak, of what uh, people who live and bear righteous fruit, what are like. So let's look at Galatians 5 and 22, and then I'm going to backtrack and go a little bit backwards in the scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, that's the first characteristic, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, 
save temperance against such, there is no law. And they that are Christ, those that belong to Jesus Christ, have crucified, they have put to death their flesh with the affections and lust. Because the Bible goes on to say, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, that's what it means to, uh, 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 to when, when you can say that God knows you, because you live a life that's pleasing unto him. Let's look at walking after the flesh and see uh, the characteristics of that. Um, so I'm going to start at the 16th verse. It says, this I say, then walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the thing that ye would. But if ye are led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. So this is the manifestation of the works of the flesh, um, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So just because you say that you know the Lord and you're doing all these things that are the work of the flesh, it don't mean nothing. It don't mean you're going to heaven. It don't mean you saved. Matter of fact, it means you ain't saved. It means you are not born again. Glory be to God in the highest. Because you will know the tree by the fruit it bears. One thing I have learned, when I was a little girl, uh, we climbed trees and we ate all the fruit in the neighborhood. Uh, one neighbor had a grapevine. Somebody else had an apple tree. There were pear trees. Uh, there were peach trees. All sorts of fruit, persimmon trees, pecan trees, walnut, black walnut trees, I grew up with those types of things in our neighborhood, and our neighbors, they just let us, you know, they just let us have at it. We, it, was, it was theirs, but they never said we could not have that fruit. Now, I never had trouble discerning what type of tree it was. I knew the difference between an apple tree and a peach tree, not because I had studied trees, but I knew it when I saw the fruit on the tree. You see, an apple tree 
does not have to go around boasting that it's an apple tree. And a peach tree does not go around boasting, I'm a peach tree, I'm a peach tree, I'm a peach tree. You will know what type of tree it is when you see the fruit on it. So I always knew an apple tree when I saw apples on it. Glory be to God. I always knew a peach tree when I saw the peaches on it. Glory be to God. I always knew a cherry tree when I saw the cherries on it. Hallelujah. So when we see people that are going around boasting about this, that, and the other, oh, I'm a Christian, oh, I do this, oh, oh, I, oh, I, I, and I've done this in this name, and I paid 5000 and I bought uh, them some clothes and gave them shoes and shirts and stuff. That's works. That's works. And the Bible tells us not by works, lest any man should boast. So we're not going to boast. If, if you do good to somebody, that's worse. What we're talking about, knowing the Lord Jesus and him knowing you, is the plan of salvation, which means let's deal with this. First, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe that Jesus is the son of God, and that he was born of a virgin. His mother was Mary. And you believe that he came from heaven, and he lived 33 and a half years, and he was crucified, but he rose again on the third day. So you believe in Jesus Christ. You believe he is the Son of God. You believe that. He had a supernatural birth. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It's called the Immaculate Conception. Glory be to God. And so when we believe on the Lord Jesus, the Bible said, believe on the Lord and thou shalt be saved. Now, let's look at Matthew 16 and 31. Glory be to God in the highest. And this is what it says. Matthew chapter 16, I mean, Acts chapter 16, I'm so sorry. Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because we have to clarify things. There's got to be a distinction. There's got to be a line drawn in the sand. Anybody can run around here and say that they're saved, but we're looking for fruit tonight. We're examining fruit. We're fruit inspectors. So Acts chapter 16 and verse 31, and this is what it says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Glory be to God. So you have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's look at Romans, Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and this is what it says. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, 
that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But the operative word is believe. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made salvation. All right, let's go to Mark. Mark chapter 5, glory be to God, and we're going to look at verse 36. See, I want to give you scripture tonight because I don't want you thinking, oh, she's trying to say I ain't saved. I'm not trying to say you saved or unsaved. I'm telling you what it's going to be like in the end. First of all, I'm not even the judge. There is one who will judge us all. Glory be to God. But there are things here on the earth that we can tell by your fruit. We can, we can inspect your fruit tonight now. We're not judging you, but we, we can inspect fruit. Glory be to God. So let's look at Mark 5 and verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Glory, hallelujah. You see, that is so important. You can't even, that's step number one. You can't get to the second step or no other step until you come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the son, the only begotten son of the father, and that he died and was crucified and rose again on the third day. And he did this for the remission of our sins and that he is seated. He, is not, he ascended on high, and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for the saints, and he is coming back again. Glory be to God. See, when you believe, you got to believe all of that by faith. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. All right? Now, the next thing, the next characteristic of one who is known by God is that he has confessed his sins. Glory be to God. He has confessed his sin. He believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, but now he's going to take it a step further. So let's look at James 5 and 16. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord tells us, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we confess our sins. We don't try to hide sin in our heart. We come clean with it. We take it to the Lord in prayer. All right? Now let's look at First John, First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning, they could have gone to God and confessed their sins. But they didn't. You know what they did? They tried to hide from God. 
they hid themselves. The Bible says they hid themselves because they were naked. Glory be to God. So God had to, he knew where they were at, but he had to uh, seek them out. And he said to him, Adam, where where are you? And, uh, of course, they were hiding. They had made uh, fig leaves, had sewed uh, aprons of fig leaves. And, and God said, he, he's not saying, where are you, but why are you hiding? And uh, which he knew the answer to that as well. And, and he said, uh, you know, the, the, the woman that you gave me, uh, the serpent beguiled her, and, uh, and she ate of the fruit, and, and then she gave it to me, and then I ate. And, and, you know, he started playing the blame game. Yeah, he started playing the, bank, the blame game because Adam was the head. God made Adam first. He took Eve out of his side. He made Eve from a rib in his side and said, this is your help me. So Adam surrendered his authority to rule. He, he surrendered it. Uh, when he listened to Eve. Now, she would have been telling him something right. That would have been something different. But she led him uh, uh, down the, the wrong path. But the Bible says, confess your sins. Where can you go to hide from God? Where? Not even the cover of darkness can you hide from God in it. Because the day and the night is the, is the same with God. He has this all-seeing eye that can penetrate darkness. So there's nowhere you can hide from God. David said when he sinned with Bathsheba, when he wrote the 51st Psalm, he said, when I kept silent, my bones waxed cold. In other words, that little boy that they had, Together, that he's, that child was two years old. David had not confessed his sin. He had not confessed his sin, and he could he had lost his joy. He couldn't praise God like he used to. He didn't have the fellowship with God that he used to enjoy. David was miserable for two years until Nathan the prophet came to him, and it was amazing that God had to send a prophet to him. And that, you know, that in itself is a message. Beware when God has to send you a prophet. Beware. So we have to confess our sins. Then once we confess our sins, we need to repent. Glory be to God. Repentance is to turn away from and to renounce sin. Glory be to God. Renounce sin and Satan. You got to turn away from it. So many people say, yeah, I repented, but you're still doing the same thing. So there was no true repentance because true repentance produces godly sorrow. And when you, be when you began to hate the thing that you used to love because you don't want to dis Please, God. That's when you know that God knows you. He said this about David. He said, David is a man after God's own heart. He knew David. Yes, David made some mistakes, 
But God knew David. David wasn't just going around saying, oh, yeah, I know God. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know God. Yo, you know what? God knew David. So let's look at this. Repentance and renunciation. You got to repent of your sins and renounce Satan. Glory be to God in the highest. You got to tell Satan, I am not yours. I will not serve you. I will not yield my members to you any longer. You have no more part in me. Glory be to God in the highest. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah, Jesus. No, that's the wrong scripture. So I'm going to go to Acts 3 and 19. Hallelujah. I'm going to come back and look at that again. No, it's Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. I'm so sorry. All right. I wrote it down wrong. All right. So we're looking at Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. And this is what it says. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's also look at verse 8. He said, Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance, fruits worthy of repentance. In other words, with, when there's true repentance, there's going to be some godly sorrow, which means there's going to be some tears. You're going to be broken over your sin. The thing that you did that you knew uh, was a violation of God's word. You knew it was a trespass against the word of God, and you, 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 you took it personal. You, 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 you began to weep over that thing because you see it now the way God sees it. It's detestable. It's vile. It corrupts. And so you, you, you don't want that. You, you, you want to walk in love and joy and peace. You, 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 you want the fellowship with God. Sin will separate you from God. Not uh, 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 your, uh, uh, let me see how I want to say this. It will, it will separate the fellowship. It will sever your fellowship. Because this is why people hide from God, because they, they don't want to face him. They don't want to face God after they sin. Now, some people, they don't even have a conscience. They can just sin right out, and they, it doesn't bother them at all. But I'm going to tell you something. That person, woe unto them. That person's in a dangerous state. Most of the time, they're reprobate, meaning they've already been turned over to Satan. So we have to repent of our sins. Let's go to Acts 3 and 19. You see, when God knows you, this is what will take place in your life. Acts 3 and 19, this is what it says. Glory be to God. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So we have to repent. 
so that we can have fellowship restored with the Lord. We enjoy sweet fellowship with him. I know I do. And so when we don't repent, you know, it, it's, there's, there's just a blockage there. It's just it's Satan blocking you. You can't you can't worship God. You 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 can't talk to God. You can, but you can't. It, there's there's a strain there when you have unconfessed sin in your life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's look at Acts two and thirty eight. This is what it says. For the promise, repeat, then Peter said unto them. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, repent means to change one's mind. So it is an aspect of conversion that is commonly used to, uh, uh, to represent all aspects of believing and calling as well as repentance. Glory be to God. And you repent, you repent, glory be to God, so that you can go on with God. You want a continuation with God because it's, uh, uh, until you repent, there's, there's a, 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 a separation of fellowship with him. Glory be to God. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew 4 and verse 7. Glory, glory, glory. Jesus said unto them, I mean 17, I'm so sorry. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we have to repent. When we have uh, 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 when we're in a right relationship with the Lord and we have broken fellowship, we repent so we can have that restored fellowship. This is how you know that God knows you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Because nobody has to tell you what to do. You get on your knees. You, you get in your prayer closet and you crawl your way back to God because you know, like David said, I, I can't live without you. You can take the kingdom. You can take my crown. But whatever you do, don't take your spirit from me. Glory be to God in the highest. When you are known by God, you trust and depend on him alone. You're not trusting in uh, uh, in man. You're not trust people. You're not trusting in the government and, and programs. You're not trusting in those things. You're not trusting in the bank. You're not trusting in this world economic system. You're not trusting in that. You're not trusting in social service programs. You're not trusting in these things. You're trusting in God alone. And that is what Proverbs, Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 through 7 tells us. Let's look at that. Glory, hallelujah. I, I just want to turn to these scriptures because I want you to see that this is not me. This is this is the word of the Lord coming forth. So we're going to look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6, and this is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways 
acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So we got to have full trust in the Lord. You know, you, you got to know that you know that you know that you know that God is going to take care of you. You got to know this. You got to know that whether you have a job or you don't have one, you, you got to know my God going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. See, it's got to go off the pages. It's got to get into your head and get into your heart. You got to know that God is who he says he is. That's when you know that God knows you. It's not enough to say, oh, I know God. You got to know that he knows you. As the song says, he knows my name. Glory be to God. He knows me by name. He knows the number of hairs that are upon my head. Why? Because I am in relationship with him. I enjoy sweet fellowship with the Lord. Glory be to God. This is not some passing thought. This is not a Sunday relationship. This is 24-7. He talks with me. Glory be to God. And I hear his voice. So we have to trust, trust and depend on God alone. Psalm 20 and 7 says, some trust in horses, some in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Yeah, we got to remember the name of the Lord. That's who we're depending on. Because this this world economy, I mean, the bottom <laughs> could drop out in, in any moment. Some people trusting in their 401K. You know what God told me? He told me this almost 20 years ago. He said, there are people saving, hey, saving up money for a rainy day. He said, they don't even know if they're going to live to see it. Tells us, put not thy trust in man. Put not thy confidence in princes. Let's look at Psalm 118. Psalm 118, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verses 8 and 9, and this is what it says. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. He said, put not that trust in man. Put not that trust, that confidence in princes. Only in the Lord. He is our only hope. There will be wars and rumors of wars, but our trust is in the Lord. Glory be to God in the hundreds. Let's look at Romans. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go on. We're going to go on to the next verse, uh, which is going to be Romans. But another characteristic of God knowing you is that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That is his spirit living in you. You know, I've met many people who profess to be Christians that say they've never heard the voice of God. He's never spoken to them. I'm like, wow, I can't live without him. I got to hear from God. I need direction. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And I've seen these people 
They they do not they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And what what bothers me about that is that they're okay without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I don't understand that because the Bible said the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. So you're going to need the Holy Spirit in order to get up out the grave. If you in the grave, or to be caught up with him when 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 he returns, you're going to need his Spirit. Glory be to God. Let's look at Ephesians five and um, verses eighteen. Now a lot of pastors not preaching this, so I know. Uh, folk getting mad tonight, but I just got to tell you the truth. That's my assignment, is to cry loud and spare not. Glory, hallelujah, and to break up fallow ground, because there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of error being taught. People are teaching people that, that all you need is, is to shake the preacher's hand and, and be baptized in water. You need the Holy Ghost. You can't even live victoriously without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead, teach, and guide you into all truth. You need the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, born of the water, which is water baptism, and of the Spirit. You got to have a new spirit living in you. You need the, the Spirit of God to live in you, to govern you. Without the Spirit of the Lord, you don't have no power. And this is why you see so many weak Christians. Every time you say something to them, well, I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I hope I'm saved. What do you mean you hope you saved? I hope God will heal me. I hope, he'll, I hope he'll, he'll work it out for me. I hope. Weak. No Holy Spirit. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They ain't got no word in them either. I'm going to get to that in a minute. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, verses 18 through 21. Glory be to God in the highest. We got to give God some praise tonight. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You must have the Holy Spirit to be able to do this. All right, let's look at Romans chapter 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You know, I've, I've seen... The, a, a, the NIV Bible stops right there. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And they put a period right there. 
But this verse does not stop there. It says, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, if I give you a carte blank check and I just tell you there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, and I stop right there, that means you can do whatever you want to do. You can live like the devil, and, and you're not going to be condemned. There's no condemnation. You, everybody's born to heaven anyhow. That's a lie. That is a lie. There is a distinct separation between the clean and the unclean, the profane and the holy. Not all that say, Lord, Lord, are going to enter in. People are doing great work. They're feeding the hungry. They're building houses. They're giving people clothes and paying for college, doing all kinds of stuff for people. That's good work. That's good that they are doing those good works, but that won't get you in. You must be born again. It's not enough for you to know about God. He has to know you. And your name must be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. All right, let's look at verses 5 through 7. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. That's for you folks that want to walk around talking about, oh, they are carnal Christians. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. So while you're claiming to be a carnal Christian, you're literally walking in death. You're not walking in life. That's nothing to boast about. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So I don't understand why people are boasting about being carnal Christians. That makes no sense. There's nothing to boast about. To be carnally minded is death. I didn't write this. It's right here in Romans chapter 8. So people trying to, uh, uh, like you, you say, like it's only two categories, saved or unsaved. But then they say, oh, he's a carnal Christian. Well, what, where, where is that at? That's like uh, uh, saying male and female, and then you have this other bathroom uh, for, for, for this other group that they're confused. They don't know what, what they are. No, there's only two genders. So there's only the saved and the unsaved. There is no such thing as a carnal Christian because the Bible says, that's an oxymoron.
oxymoron. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. And the carnal mind is enmity against God. That's an unregenerate mind. And it doesn't belong to God. That person does not belong to God. So I don't know why people are trying to, these preachers are making excuses for them. Instead of telling them the truth, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's time out for this. Your breakthrough is on the way. It's time out for them kind of messages. It's time out for uh, 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 money coming to me. It's time out for that foolishness. It's time to cry loud and fear not. It's time to show people their sin, their transgression. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. Call sin sin. It's time out for this. Living your best life now. You can't live your best life now. That's deceit. That is deception. And we got to have preachers who will stand up and say, no, this is not true. We got to have pastors and preachers and prophets and apostles and evangelists who will say, no, that is not true. I just happen to be one of them. There's no such thing as a carnal Christian. Anybody don't like it, you take it up with the word of God. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's impossible. And the word of God has said so. Oh, I got to read verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. If the spirit of God is living in you, you are not in the flesh. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Bingo. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't belong to God. The scripture just plainly said so. I'm just repeating what the scripture said. I'm just the messenger tonight. So you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you have these pastors and these ministries that are teaching that you got it all uh, when you shook the preacher's hand. And now they're not even saying, um, do anybody want to be saved? They're calling people to the altar saying, uh, do you want to join the church? That ain't even biblical. People got to be saved, born again. Then they can become members of the church. 
like trying to put the cart before the horse. You're not going to get too far. So this message tonight is very important. It's not enough to say that you know God. The question is, does God know you? And we're just going through the characteristics of knowing God. Number six, love everybody. Love everybody. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. And this is what the word of God says. Hallelujah. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you and do good to them which hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, we've been taught just the opposite. If they hit you, hit them back. If they don't like you, you don't like them. But Jesus came, and he, he messed up their, 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 their doctrine. He just messed it up because Jesus said, love your enemies. He said, and bless them that persecute you. Them people that's giving you a hard time, bless them. Take them out to lunch. Glory be to God. Send them a card. Be kind to them. The Bible says, in doing so, you heap coals of fire upon their head. He said, for if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? So he said, be perfect, even as your father which is in heaven, is perfect. Glory be to God. That's having a perfect heart when you can love your enemies, people that you know hate you, people that done stabbed you in the back, people that have mistreated you and betrayed you. When you can love them, that's how you know that God knows you. Glory be to God. All right, let's look at John chapter 13. Hallelujah. John chapter 13 and um, verse 34 and 35. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A new commandment give unto you. I'm sorry, I misread that. A new commandment give I unto you. And it says, That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one to another. This is Jesus again. This is red letters. He was speaking to his disciples. He said, love one another. 
And he said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. See, again, that's the fruit on the tree. These men didn't have to go around wearing big crosses. They did not have to put on these extravagant uh, clothing. They did not have to look godly. They had to be godly by loving one another. And he said, by this, this is a trademark. This is how people going to know that you belong to me. This is the fruit. When people see this fruit on your tree, they will know. Oh, that's a child of God. Yeah, they will know. Let's look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. Glory to your name. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus said love. Love. The number one characteristic of being a Christian is love. Yeah, when people see love hanging on your tree, when they see your love, though you're being treated wrongfully, though you've been misused and abused, but they see your love, that is a greater witness than anything you and I could ever say. You don't even have to open your mouth. When they see our love towards one another, when you can love people who have mistreated you for no reason, you know, and some people, they just don't even like the way you look. You don't even know them. You never met them. You never did anything to them. I had to ask a guy one time, did you know me in another life? He was so mean to me for no reason. I don't believe in another life. That was I was just being facetious when I said that to him. He was treating me as if I had done something to him, and I had not. So that was the way I brought it to his attention. And little by little, he began to treat me better. But I never mistreated him. I never, no matter how bad he treated me, I never mistreated him. Time went on. He began to treat me with respect. Because he saw that I was not going to mistreat him. I was not going to respond to his mess. I was not going to get ugly and lose my witness. 
And sometimes that's all they're waiting for. They want to see, are you really saved? I could have went in there and said, I'm saved. You're not going to talk to me this way. I'm a child of God. But I didn't. And over time, he began to change his tune towards me. God's doing. But I never, I never snapped back. I never reviled when I was being reviled. And he just talked to me so mean and nasty, and I never snapped back at him. We got to learn how to love even our enemies. That's when you know that God knows who you are. That's when you know. You see some fruit. That's fruit. That's bearing fruit for the Lord. And you can suffer for him. He said, if you suffer with me, you'll also reign with me. You got to learn how to suffer with God, fellowship with him in his suffering. Everybody want to know him, but don't nobody want to fellowship with him in his suffering. Glory be to God. Number seven, forgive others. Turn with me to Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. Verse 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So you got forgive. And we can try to justify it all day and all night, but it won't work. And this is one of the most common things that I hear. But you don't know what they've done to me. No, I don't. You don't know what they've done to me. But I had to forgive them. I had to forgive them, not for them, but for me. So that I could sleep at night. And so that I could be in right standing with God. I mean, some things were difficult. The hurt, the pain, the betrayal. So don't you think you're the only one that's been backstabbed? You ain't the only one. You might be the newest one, but you ain't the only one. And nobody can say we've suffered as Christ suffered, bled, and died. No one can compare what we're going through now to what he went through for us. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered us out of them all. So we have to forgive people. You got to let it go. More sicknesses and diseases that doctors cannot even find 
uh, 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 why it's in the body, they have began to recognize unforgiveness as the source. Now, doctors are pretty scientific-minded. And for them to make a spiritual connection with something physical that's going on in your body, that's a stretch for them. But they are beginning to recognize that there have been studies done on this, that several, many of the illnesses that people are suffering from today is due to unforgiveness. So unforgiveness is not about the person that did you wrong. Unforgiveness is for you so that you can be healed. I had to forgive. I suffered loss. I suffered terrible loss. I suffered betrayal. I suffered terrible pain. Because the source of it, where it came from, that's what that's what got me so bad. David said, I could have bore it if it had been my enemy. He said, but it was my friend. We went into the sanctuary together. We took counsel together. That's betrayal. I've been through that. And I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't cut like a knife. I'm not going to tell you that it doesn't hurt. But what I will tell you is you got to forgive them. You got to release them so that you can have peace. Yeah, you got to release them so you can have peace. You got to let people off the hook. You got to say what Jesus said. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They've been deceived. The enemy tricked them into coming against you. They don't hold it against them. Now, I ain't saying you got to run over to their house and spend the weekend with them. But I say you got to release them, let them off the hook. Just ask the Lord to help you. And if the enemy try to bring it back, God to help you again. Every time it pops up, you forgive them. And after a while and by and by, you won't feel the pain no more. And you know you have forgiven them when the pain is gone. When you can look them in the face and say, hey, good morning. When you can hug their neck, say, you know what, I love you and mean it. Glory be to God in the highest. We got to forgive others, y'all. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. So what was Jesus saying? Forgive him 490 times? No. He was saying to infinity. He was showing Peter the absurdity of saying seven times. Forgive them. And then we try to justify, well, I'll forgive them when they ask it. No, no, no. Do you know there's some people that will never apologize to you? And thanks be unto God, I don't have to hold my breath waiting for them. I don't wait for them to apologize to me. I want to be free now. Sometimes people are full of pride. They can't humble themselves. They can't bow. They cannot say, I'm sorry for what I did to you, what I said to you. They can't do it. The enemy has them blinded. They don't have the Holy Spirit living in them. So it's impossible for them to be convicted of sin. But I'm going to tell you something. You forgive people so you can be free. As simple as that. Glory be to God. And you don't have to wait until they apologize. Because you could be waiting a long time. You just forgive them because this is what the Bible says. We want to be obedient to the word of God. Because Jesus said, if we did not forgive them, neither would our Father forgive us our trust that. Now, you think about that. You know, we sin every day. We say something, we do something, or think something every day that we shouldn't. And if we don't forgive those who have offended us, and we sin every day with God, it's going to get out of balance pretty soon. So we want to forgive so we can keep a zero balance. Forgive them so you can go to God and ask him to forgive you. Amen? Amen. Number eight. Meditate on the word, Matthew chapter 6. No, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 15. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 15, verses 4 through 7. I just said Matthew. I should have said John. I'm sorry. John chapter 15. Verses 4 through 7. And this is what it reads. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, 
except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And I also want to read verse 16, going back to that fruit again. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So we're talking about that fruit again, fruit of righteousness. But the way you're going to have this fruit is through prayer, meditating on the word of God, fasting, spending quiet time with God. Glory be to God. You cannot forego these things and then think that God knows you. You can say all day till the cows come home that you know God, but the question remains, does God know you? Do you have a prayer life? Are you spending time with God in his word? He said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to God in the highest. And in Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, glory be to God. God said to Joshua, meditate in my word. He said, only be thou strong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Only be thou strong and very courageous that, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, night and day. Keep your head in the word of God. Glory be to God. Meditate in it. Saturate in it. Keep the word of God before you. Glory be to God. Do you know you will find it hard to sin when you're feasting on the word? You'll find it hard to sin. Glory be to God. The scripture says, he whose mind is stayed on thee will be kept in perfect peace. You won't be able to sin. If you're thinking about the Lord Jesus, you're singing songs to him and praising him and giving him glory, hallelujah. So we got to meditate on God's word. And 16 says, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. 
when Peter was in prison, the saints of God were praying for him. Thank you, Jesus. That's Acts chapter 12 and verse 5. That's James 5 and 16. Let's look at Mark 11 and 24. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Mark 11 and 24. And this is what it says. Hallelujah. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, not if you pray, but when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. See, we got to learn to pray. Glory be to God. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, not if you pray. Prayer is essential to the life of the believer. Glory be to God. We got to meditate. That's number eight. And number nine is pray. Spend time in prayer. And number 10, spend quiet time with the Lord. Glory be to God in the highest. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Spending time with the Lord is a privilege. Glory be to God. Getting in the secret place. Hallelujah. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him shall I trust. Glory be to God. The Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. Glory be to God. I can run to the rock when my heart is overwhelmed. Glory be to God in the highest. You see, we got to get in our secret place, get in that place, hallelujah, with the Lord, and spend quiet time with him in that secret place. This is how you know that the Lord knows you. Glory be to God in the highest. You don't have to wonder if God knows who you are. You can know, glory be to God. Many have preached and tried to preach people into heaven, but without holiness, the blood of Jesus Christ, no man shall see God. Hallelujah. We are justified only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 5 and 21 says, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you can have absolute assurance tonight that God knows you and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to fret. The Bible gives us a detailed description of what we must become in order to be true followers of Jesus Christ, who is our example. It's all done by faith. If you have faith, hallelujah, faith to believe God, you can receive glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So no more guessing. The guessing game is over. You don't have to wonder, does God know who I am? Does he know my name? You can be for certain that God knows you if you have these characteristics. Glory be to God. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And the last thing that I want to say to you before I close tonight is know this, that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. That's Numbers 23 and 19. He said he's coming back. I believe it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And I say to you tonight, 
that are listening under the sound of my voice, get ready, glory be to God, because Jesus is coming back again. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry. Hallelujah. It has been my pleasure to be with you tonight and to share with you from this word, does God know you? And this is how you can tell if God knows you. If you walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, glory be to God in the highest. I'm so thankful that God allowed me this uh, uh, platform tonight to be with you, and I want to give God praise. If you want to call us, you can do so. Put in a prayer request. You can do so. Go on the website, www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. The phone number is 336-830-0601. The email address is jet245 at msn.com. Or you can join us for the sweet hour of prayer Monday through Saturday at 12 noon and Sunday night at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The phone number is 425-436-6333. And the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. With uplifting hands, now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That comes from Hebrews 13, verses 20 through 21. May God bless you and have a wonderful night. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.